0: Hey there, it's Ron. Oh, oh, my voice is shredded from singing too much karaoke last night. Okay. Uh, thanks to everyone who came out to our eighth anniversary show with the Playground Ensemble this past Wednesday in Denver. Thanks to Conrad Keene from the Playground for proposing the idea. It was, it was a totally wild night and a very fun experiment. And I'd especially like to thank my co-host Aaron Rollman and our producer Sydney Crane for being part of this show. They're such a crucial part of the magic and I'm so lucky to work with both of them. Our next monthly shows will take place on April 10th at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego and April 18th at Board Theater in Denver. The theme will be clubs. We'll see you there.
1: Next storyteller. Our next storyteller. This next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Welcome to the Narrators Podcast. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme.
0: Today's story comes from writer and librarian Daniel Alvarez. His story is about the kind of childhood tomfoolery that makes you look back and feel thankful that faces usually grow back. Daniel told his story live on January 17th, 2018 at Bunport Theater in Denver, Colorado. The theme of the evening was Big Shot.
1: Okay. I am from New Mexico, but I am from a two-Walmart town. We had two Walmarts. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, let me see if... All right, I need two hands to talk. Um, I grew up in New Mexico, in Las Cruces, with my whole entire family. So parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts, and tons of cousins. And it was great. It was super great because having a ton of cousins means you always have friends. And you likely have a cousin or two that is the same age as you. So you guys get to grow up together, and you go through all the same things together. You always have someone to talk to I was lucky enough to have two cousins that were the same age as me, one who was like a few months younger than me and one who was a year and a half older. And his name was JJ. I have no idea what his name really is because his name literally is the letter J twice. And everyone calls him JJ. People he just meets call him JJ. Like, that's just him. And when we were growing up, ever since I could speak, his name was always just J. And I think I was the only person who got to call him that because no one else ever did. But he was like the coolest guy. And every chance I got to hang out with him, I made sure that I just like, took advantage of because he had the funnest things to do, the craziest ideas. Sometimes they were not always the safest ideas. <laughs> so the, the the part that I played in our friendship was... He would come up with a crazy plan, and if it was like, oh, we're going to jump off the house today, and I'd be like, yeah, yes, we're going to jump off the house, but we're going to jump off the house over here so that we don't die, and everything's going to be cool. So anything that he ever had, I was like fully on board, always, no questions asked, I would go. So one year, we were probably like 7 and 8, and it was after 4th of July, And Jay comes up to me. We were at my grandma's house. Our parents were all inside, and we were outside playing. And he comes up to me, and he goes, hey, Dan. So I have an idea. And I'm like, okay, what's the idea? And he says, we're going to go around, and we're going to get all the fireworks that did not explode. And we're going to take them to the backyard, and we're going to empty out all the powder. And then we're going to light it. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God. God, that's, like, the best idea ever. Like, yes, we're going to do that, like, awesome. Because we watched, like, The Roadrunner and Wiley e. Coyote all the time. And he always had, like, a trail of powder that he would light. And it would go and, like, hit the stockpile of explosives. And it would blow up. And it was cool. So I was like, yeah, we're definitely going to do that. Like, awesome. So we go around. And we collect as much fireworks as we can. And I was, like, really going for it. I got a bunch. And we go to the backyard, and my grandma had this wall, like, behind her house, like, in the backyard. And so we go, and we start, like, emptying out all the the fireworks. And we get a pile that's about, like, an inch tall. And then Jay looks at me, and he's like, okay, now go into the house and get grandma's lighter. And I look at him, and I'm like, And he's like, you have to go, because if I go, they're going to know something's going on. (laughs) But if you go, they're not going to think anything. Because I, I I had, like, the best alibis. We never got in trouble, because I could talk our way out of anything. So I was like, okay, you're right, fine, I'll go grab the lighter. So I go into the side door of my grandma's house, and, like, our parents are all in there somewhere, I don't know where, but I walked in, I knew exactly where the lighter would be, I grabbed it, walked out. Went to the backyard, and I was like, okay, Jay, I got it. Here you go. Here's the lighter. And I'm like, this is going to be awesome. We're going to, like, light this thing on fire. And it's a, it's a pile, not, not a, like, stream of <laughs> gunpowder. And so Jay gets the lighter, and he's like, okay. And it was kind of a breezy day. Not breezy enough to blow the powder away, but breezy enough that every time he, like, clicked the lighter, it would blow out the flame. Click the lighter. Blow out the flame. And I'm like, okay, stop. Stop. Just stop. And I look at him and I go, okay, look. You are bigger than me. So you block the wind. <laughs> and I'm going to light the thing, okay? So he's like, okay. And he does it. Like, just no questions, It's like, just blocks the wind. Get the lighter. And then I get, like, face-to-face with this thing. Like... <laughs> I don't know why I, I was smart up until that point I get like face to face with it it's like right there and I'm like okay and I'm like click and boom it exploded <laughs> and that's all I remember for a while <laughs> and what the, the story goes when that happened <laughs> Jay ran into the house And hid behind the couch. (laughs) And I'm in the backyard screaming my head off because I just, like, burnt myself. Our parents run out, and then they take me to the hospital. And that's when I start remembering, like, they were, like, fleshing my eyes out. I had, like, nurses all over my face, like, cleaning me up and everything. And it was, like, the worst thing ever. I had no eyelashes, no eyebrows, no hair. It was all gone. Like, I ended up having, like, second and third degree burns. It wasn't like terrible. They sent me home that day. <laughs> I didn't have to like, go to the burn unit or anything, but I went home. I had to stay inside for the rest of the summer. My whole summer was shot. I had to wear this ointment stuff on my face as my face grew back. And, <laughs> and I was stuck inside. But, but Jay was awesome. He would come and see me almost every day. We would play. We just couldn't go outside, and it was fine. Like That was, that was the rest of that summer, like blue. So that, that was like the things that we would get into. And that was, that was probably the worst thing that we ever got into. But anything that he ever did, I tell you, like, I had the alibis ready. We were always, I was always for it. Like, he was the coolest guy, no matter what. We went through high school together. He was a year ahead of me. He knew all the cool people. He had the car. We would skip class all the time got caught by his mom once at home, and I was like, nope, we're at lunch, we're going right back to school because we're not going to have you yell at us. Like, I tell you, always at the alibi. <laughs> and, and that was it. We graduated high school, Jay moved to Dallas, I moved to Denver, and that's where we ended up. So two and a half years ago, I married my husband on June 20th, 25th. <laughs> June 25th of 2015. <laughs> and yeah, I know, I forget all the time. And, <laughs> and the day after that, Jay sent me a message. He didn't come to the wedding. It was a huge wedding. It lasted like a whole week long. The whole family came, and there was pictures everywhere. People were posting on Facebook, all kinds of stuff. He didn't get to come. But the next day, he sent me a message, and it was, he says, Dan, man, growing up, you used to be the guy I used to run to whenever I was scared to do something. I knew I could always count on you because you weren't afraid of anything. I mean, really, for God's sakes, you even burnt your eyebrows off. <laughs> He's like, watching you and your journey these last few days confirms everything. Man, I'm so happy for you and Tristan. I can't wait to meet him. Congrats, and I hope your life together is as fun and interesting as our childhood was. Love you, Jay. <laughs>
0: Keep it going for Daniel Alvarez, everybody! The Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Mary Robertson, Aaron Rollman, and me, Ron Doyle. Our assistant producer is Sydney Crane, our theme music is by Whalehawk, and our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvital. A very special thanks to our amazing sponsors Illegal Pizza, Sexy Pizza, From the Hip Photo, and Renegade Brewing Company. If you haven't already,